Okay. So we are back, but so we have we we have so much to talk about about the wind rises and the Hayao Miyazaki and the Kingdom of Dreams and Madness. But uh, before that, like before we really start, I wanted to try and make it a little bit more professional because we like so far we just started every podcast and just end it but now i i want yeah. to try to to open it up a little bit before we we start talking so here it goes mm. so welcome to pc movie club club podcast and uh, this episode we are talking about the Wind Rises and Hayao Miyazaki and the Kingdom of Dreams and Madness and everything around it that comes into our heads. So that's it. Ah, that's no, that's... Yeah. Okay. That's what, that should be like in, in front of every episode that we say. So. Ah, what we are talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of open it up some from somewhere. Mm. So now this time we have a lovely subject. Yeah, this is a lovely subject. So, yeah, we have been really like waiting for weeks and weeks to to talk about and uh, the circumstances. Yeah, and open us yeah, some. we we watched the wind rises, uh, which is the animated f- future film of Haya Miyazaki that is supposedly to be his last movie, and then the um, the documentary that was made to 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 kind of show behind the scenes of the studio Kipli and kind of illustrate the character of Hayao Miyazaki and you know everything that goes on in the Kipli for the first time that it it has ever happened you know like for for all this time before studio Kipli has been uh, closed up and you you don't you cannot go inside you, uh, we don't know what happens there and the, all the people have been away from publicity uh, very limited amount of publicity has been like released in their parts and for the first time in this documentary we actually see what it is like inside good studio Kipli and it was amazing so yeah, there's and and in the end, like my head has been exploding because there's so much in these two, in in the wind rises and the documentary that, and I've been dying to hear what you're you you have you have been thinking about it. So I want to first say that the wind rises uh, was made in 2013. It yeah. came out. I don't know when it was made, but it came out in 2013. And the the Dreams and the Madness, the Kingdom of Dreams and Madness, the documentary is came out in 2014. Mm. And I also saw the interview, which was done in Japan, in Japanese. Mm about on uh, Hayao Miyazaki and uh, the man who played the part, the voice of the man who played the part, the main main character, and the woman who made the music, Mm. 
who sang the, uh, the song. So those three were interviewed for 80 minutes. Whoa. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. That's and wonderful. Yeah. And every yeah. single one of them for 80 minutes. No, together. Ah, okay. And it was a huge <laughs> amount of, um, of the reporters who were asking them questions. Yeah. And they were, it's a, it was very, very entertaining to see how Japanese make interviews. It's quite mm. different from what is here in, in Europe. Uh, how was it? What, oh, they it? were very friendly with him and <laughs> make a lot of laughing all the time and very personal, all, from the beginning very personal and and also Miyazaki when he, he talked, he first of all they, he, he opened up very openly and they they told him that, that uh, yeah, you were crying when you saw this film and he said Yes, yes, I was crying when I saw this film and so on. And he didn't deny it and he didn't cover it or anything. He was crying. He said it was the first time he was crying when he saw his own film. Wow. Yeah, I saw that in the documentary when they were screening it and that he was crying and he yeah. was really touched by the film. Yeah. So I recommend to you also this uh, interview, to see the 80 minutes interview. Mm. It was very revealing. Yeah, and it's strange sure. that the, the producer was not in with, he was sitting beside. Suzuki, He's, the producer. Suzuki, yeah, the producer. He was not, and in the, every now and then he, they ask him something, Hayao Miyazaki ask him something and so on. Mm. So I think they call him Mia son or something like that. Mm. Mia, Mia son. Mm. So anyway, it's uh, it was it's wonderful to see the person himself talking in general, mm. because then you learn how he is, what kind of person he is. So first time I saw what Miyazaki himself is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even more than in, in this documentary, where you see him in his home and in his studio and everything. Yeah, yeah. But the way he talked and what things he was prepared to talk, to say and so on. Mm. 80 minutes. <laughs> but I made it, myself I made it so that I first saw this wind rises. Yeah. Which, which I, I understand, that's, I think that's how you should always... And then I saw this, um, The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness. Mm. And I have a lot of ideas about that too, but I'm sure you have also. <laughs> yeah, where to start? Like, yeah. first of all, I, I, I know that you um, you you saw, uh, we, we saw Kaguya, Kaguya, the tale of the princess Kaguya, we saw together, which was the... Takahata's new film from the studio Kipli before Kaguya. 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 And uh, we, we, we Ita saw, Takahata. Yeah, we saw his film uh, in Helsinki and uh, the we and it was before you saw the the wind rises. Yeah. Wasn't it? And yeah. so it was and we absolutely loved Kaguya. Uh, it's we, I think we both hailed it as a masterpiece and 
It's completely new way of do drawing, I think. Yeah, and and animation. Uh, yeah, animation, and in in general, it was it told so much about creativity and art and about life and like. Yeah, it's just a really perfect movie, and um, the and I was really and you and and you especially praised that movie so much, and I was really waiting to see what you think about the Wind Rises after that. Yeah. And so, yeah. What were you exper like experiences of that movie? Yes. What, how so, did you feel? First of all, when I, I, I just fell in love with Itao Takahata, with the Princess Kaguya, because it's 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 over anything ever done in uh, in uh, animation. It's the best ever, and, and so silly that they didn't give it Oscar. But, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but it the doesn't Oscars. matter because yeah. Ah, uh, really? Uh, and it was with the Wind Rises also. No, yeah. no Oscars. No Oscars. It was Big so, Hero Six that was better. Yeah, but they, but what happened to me with this uh, Princess Kaguya, and then after that the Wind Rises, is mm. that. I absolutely ranked Itao Takahata the top, yeah. top of the world. After Kaguya. 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 Yeah, after Kaguya, but I had ranked him already the top of the world before Kaguya. Yeah. Because I rem I admire enormously this um, the fireflies, the brave the the fire fireflies, and that's because of you. Once you told me that there's a film like that. This animation. Ah, it was because of me. Yeah. Ah. I I had no idea that there is this animation and one day you said it and it was years, years after it had come out. I had no idea that there's Itao Takahata and this film and anything. And he had made other films also after that, yeah. which they talked about. Oh yeah. I, ha like I have seen them. But... Only yesterday and which is a fantastic These funny animals animations uh, that was Pompoko which was the yeah the raccoon wars in English I think it was and <laughs> then there was like amazing movie and then the really absurd movie the my neighbor the Yamakas Yamahadas yeah. or something so and in the documentary of the the kingdom of dreams and madness they even I think uh, explain something that the neighbor of Yamada's, Yamahadas or whatever it was called took like years and years to make and yeah. it, it's so amazing to when you see the film that it's so it's really complex way of animating yeah. but it's such a silly movie that how how was it possible that Takahata it took so long to yeah, make Yeah but that also movie? Kaguya and what they talk about here all the time they are saying yeah. The other ones. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're laughing at him and oh, yeah. you don't want to make it ready. You don't want to. Make it. But, but but yeah, but that's why he has so few movies. He, really few, but every single movie that he makes is a masterpiece. Perfect. Yeah, Just perfect. Are, and yeah. everybody, every one of them is different. He's very creative person. He's, he's very creative. He's over creative. <laughs> he's really creative person. Mm. So, sometimes he he don't repeat himself. Mm. That's true. And and uh, I was so excited that you know, for me the kingdom of dreams and the madness was to see Ita Takahata. <laughs> I want to see him. I want to see him. And <sighs> and uh, and 
Miyazaki was the side effect only. And then all this time I'm sitting there and waiting, waiting, waiting for him to come. And they all what they do is Miyazaki and his bunch are laughing at him and saying he will never do it. And they hate him and everything. And sometimes they say nice thing about him, but mostly not. And then in the end, in the end, after two hours or so, he comes on the roof. Exactly. And on the roof, not inside the house. No, mm. he cannot come inside the house because they obviously are quarreling, very and, angry and with each even, other. And to me, even that was like nothing. It was, it, nothing. It, it was just quietly standing yeah, there. Yeah, he don't there was talk nothing, at all. Yeah, that, it was so. It was amazing how few Takahata was in the documentary. It, I it had, was so I, strange. I didn't even didn't know how he looked like. Yeah. Before that, and I couldn't know who is it, who, where is he, who is it, yeah. who is it? and then in the end, I realized that that's the man, that's the man who makes all that marvelous things, <laughs> and I want to bow in front of him and kiss his feet, mm-hmm. just to travel to Japan to bow in front of him. <laughs> so, <laughs> but not to Hayao Miyazaki. <laughs> and you have to see Hayao Miyazaki all the time. Okay. Yeah, no, really I know. Care. I want to see Itadakata. So what happened was this. And and I want to say about um, fireflies in the, the grave of the fireflies mm-hmm. is that this was the revelation to me when I saw that. And he, it's, uh, I think, still, even after Terence Malik, the, the thin red line, I think that the fireflies grave is the best ever made film about war. And that's the talent of Itata Takata. Mm-hmm. It's very re- re- difficult to say of any movies that it's the best, it's the best. You can't really say. Mm-hmm. But in Itata Takata, I, I really, I strongly feel that. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what happened. I wanted to, in fact, learn about Itata Takata, not by Hayao <laughs> <laughs> And now you want to know what I think about Hayao Miyazaki compared to Itata Takata. Yes? And after that, I listen to you, okay? Yeah. So, about Haya Miyazaki in uh, when The Wind Rises, what I can say about that, after what I have said about Princess Kaguya, is that I was thinking in my mind really hard, are they equally good? Is it, is Kaguya better? Is Wind Rises on the level? And if I had to choose, like if I was coming to the life and death case that I had to choose, I would choose Kaguya. Mm. But, of course, because I wouldn't want to miss it. Mm. But but The Wind Rises is a is wonderful film. Really, really, really wonderful. So you, you say that they, they both come to the highest quality but oh, Kagua oh. just slightly beats off. In in artistic, it's more creative. Like, but Miyazaki has fulfilled himself in this film. I think mm. in this with the wind rises, he has done at last the film of the film of all that flying, and. Mm. And he told in the interview that uh, he made the name Studio Ghibli. Mm-hmm. It's the name of an aeroplane from there, from Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, he, 
he knew the man this Caproni in the in Italy. Yeah. And that's in when when he made the studio he gave it the name Zippy because of the it's the name of an aeroplane from Italy. Mm, yeah, I think I remember um yeah. seeing it also hearing it in the documentary at some point that he just mentions it's of just in a second that yeah it was a name from there and because it actually yeah. I think it was a mystery for a long time. He didn't nobody actually knew where it came from because And now we don't care. And now yeah, he just says of, it openly. Yeah, because of he has done that film, The Wind Rises. Mm. He, he now he can say it. It's all in the open. Yeah. It it must have been an extremely hard thing for him to decide to do this film and to, to let to let his own secrets like out. Mm. It kind of tells his secrets. And exactly. he said in the interview that he had to leave out the bombing, the war part. He left out. It was a wonderfully drawn piece, mm. but he left it out. Yeah. And, and this special aeroplane, which he called, I don't remember the name of the aeroplane, he, his, uh, which this man was... The, the Zero Fighters. Yeah, that one. So he left it out. Yeah. Yeah, I think in the documentary they explored very deep um, uh, a lot about the fact that uh, they they actually that they, there was like pressure from out outside of the studio that they couldn't uh, showcase so much of the war aspects of the movie that they actually wanted, and mm. that um, that they they did have these all kind of plans to to show more of the war and that um, I think it also like uh, kind of uh, is incorporated into the theme of the movie I think mm -hmm. the censorship and the, the the fact that the you know like they are not as free as they were in the old times as they say in the documentary mm. I think but I think it tells a real story, a true story. Like. Yeah, but I was like, the fact was that I was really, uh, really surprised of the movie. Like in many ways, like when I saw the movie, it was really weird how less of the war there was. Like you mentioned the Crave of the Fireflies. Like I really don't want to uh, compare them. So I don't. Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't. Yeah. Mm. So I, I'm not comparing them. But as you as you mentioned, like the Grave of the Fireflies is that it's about it's a war movie about war and in that the war is like it's a huge element a factor of the story that is present and it's a character of itself but in the wind rises the war is very much limited in in, in the story itself it's very much about the engineer Yero and about his life during the war period and how he designs the airplanes, but there is very few of that war in the movie. And for is, me, that was yeah. really weird when I was looking at it. And I didn't know that they censored it, uh, that they, they had to censor it. I think he didn't mention it in that way. He just left it, chose to leave it out. Yeah, that's what I think also. I think it was a very also a deliberate choice in the story that telling that that he kind of, I think it kind of uh, again incorporates into the team that why is there so limit, limited amount of the 
the the the, the war in it. There was something weird about it for me. I think that he chose he's a type of a person, a perfectionist, this Hayamiyazaki. Now I realized it. Mm. He's a perfectionist. He chose deliberately to take the earthquake incident into the center of the film. Mm. It's a famous earthquake, which really happened. Mm. So yes. it's, I think it's quite wonderful that it's a history in it. It's in yeah, exactly. And in animation. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it was very personal in that sense. Like, and then I think I think it was a lot about Miyazaki's own childhood. In mm. that earthquake, I think it was it was a reflection of his own memories of the bombings that he experienced when he was a child. I think it was I something. So? Yeah, I think it was like his way of like telling something about his own childhood. It was for him to kind of live through it again, that war time. And that I think is why it also was that war period in the movie, was because Miyazaki also lived through that war and that it was a lot of part of his own childhood. There's a lot was, of uh, there's a lot yeah. of weird similarities into it, like like the the earthquake into it, but then also the the fact that the main character, Yiro, is an engineer of the that designs military airplanes, but also Miyazaki's father was working for the military industries and uh, this way that he was able to support his family. So Miyazaki's father, Miyazaki felt like he was telling in the documentary that he felt like that, that in a way, like, like just like Iro was kind of part in, in to, to support those as some of of the war he felt like his father was also and he kind of had to deal a lot about that fact that he was kind of part of that thing mm. and I think all of these kind of things are reflected a lot in the movie and it's so much about Miyazaki himself it's it's really amazing like the more you see it and then after you see the documentary you become they start to complete each other the movies more and more and it starts to become like a, for me like a one big art piece about Miyazaki and how and he about his retirement and how he's like leaving kind of his career behind him and that's what the for, movie in the end is about yeah I think. Ah. so uh, for me it was it was kind of discovering Miyazaki, the both of these films, which the documentary and this film, it was kind of discovering him, who he is. Because he was, in the documentary, he was just very pleased that he was, he looked like to me, like he's very pleased that he's being filmed. That they are looking at him and he's the center of the thing and I was so angry all the time because I was waiting for Itataka and I thought well, why they film this pleased man all the time and don't, they don't show Itataka mm. <laughs> so uh, so that's how it goes and and he's making his he's running around and he knows that he's the famous one this Miyazaki mm. 
He's, he's the famous one and he's doing all this and he's deciding everything. But later, you know, I looked at it twice. To, the documentary. To be sure. Yeah, to be sure what I think about it. So I little by little start to understand this Miyazaki and me be more positive about him. First of all, absolutely I realized that one thing which I didn't see before. I've seen his, most of his films, I think, his animations, but still I hadn't realized how perfect he is. Mm. You know, he draws, when he draws the character, this, this uh, hero, is it hero? Mm -hmm. Zero or hero? Yeah. Hero. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so this character who's designing desi designing aeroplanes mm -hmm. and the aeroplanes and all, all it's it's done completely perfect. How can somebody draw so perfect? <laughs> yeah, and he decides. He has a lot of drawers there, a lot of people drawing for him. But he decides mm -hmm. how it's done, and they have learned from him. And he himself has learned from Ita Takahata in the beginning. Till they quarreled and he left and made his own studio. Yeah. And Takahata was very sad about it. Yeah. But they were quarreling. So I don't know how to, to say this otherwise, but how can somebody draw so perfect line and all this? Mm. Yeah. yeah, and it was amazing to see in the documentary that he actually uh, didn't write any, any scripts for the movies and he actually um, wrote the story by drawing the storyboard and yes. he edited it in the same time yeah, he scene to his... scene and every scene is like perfectly yeah. it's like Mozart writing to his composed compositions to paper just like that well, okay yeah. that's the most stupidest exam like <laughs> example ever because Miyazaki, like he, I think he re-edit and re-edit and re-edit, and he is perfectionist, and he just does it like over again, and he has many, several different drafts and everything, and 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 he changed the ending like in the last minute. It was really yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He, he, yeah. So it came out clearly that he thinks of every little detail. Mm -hmm. He he hones it into perfection, mm -hmm. and that's. One, that's what's good in Wind Rises, that it's a perfect film, mm. it's a perfect movie, it's done perfect, it's, every single part of it is done perfect, and, and, and that it tells his story, mm. his secret, we can learn his secret in it, yeah. that's how I see it, so that is why it's, um, we can't compare it really to Ita Takahata. Kaguya. Yeah. Mm. Even if I was comparing it, and I say Kaguya is better, but <laughs> this, this, yeah. But the Wind Rises is also a perfect film. It's different, but it's perfect. It's done in the old way, like his other films are also drawn perfectly, mm. in the same style. Kaguya is different style. Mm. Yeah. And. But I do have like some criticism of the film that uh, I noticed of the wind rises. 
Uh-huh. That which like 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 I said that there's many unusual elements, uh, like weird things that I I felt a little bit off in the in the film, like the lack of the war things, but those kind of things I don't really say as a critic criticism that it's because I feel like it's part of the movie. It really it feels like it's it's meant to be like that. But there was one thing that I really feel like Miyazaki kind of failed in to perfectionize, uh-huh. I think. And it was a more of a natural feel of the film. Uh, because like I feel like Hayao Miyazaki has all has always had a, like a perfect like we really have to stop saying perfect <laughs> like um, a masterful talent of you know uh, telling a story in a such a fluent way but this was a very different kind of movie for him than what he has done before and uh, and and one of one of the elements that is very different is the realism in the movie that it it, it it's a, actually it's a, I think Miyazaki's first movie that is really a realistic drama about a historical figure a biographical drama about a man's life and a character study and it's not it's not uh, magical like there is a lot of magical elements in the movie and it kind of goes between the magical and the realism mm-hmm. but I felt like whenever it was in that that realism, there was something lacking in the movie, and and it was the I think the pacing of the drama, uh, when he like the way he was direct uh, the way the scenes were directed, and mm. how the how it moves the film, I felt like yeah something missed between that you know those moments. It felt like the characters felt very passive and very kind of heavy and kind of it's like as if the reality is like too passive and too heavy for them to actually really care about the story itself and their life and it's like it's uh, like somehow it felt like a Aki Kaurismäki movie or something like where Mm. there's very like it feels like the emotion doesn't flow throughout the drama it just it's one scene and then another scene and when, but whenever it got into a, a more magical part, you know, like the mm. earthquake or the dream sequences, mm. then it there's there's some kind of spark of life in the movie, and it it, Isn't the it went Japanese, more natural. The Japanese way of thinking is different than ours. They don't. No, no, I don't. So so much feelings. I don't think it. I don't think it's because of that. Because. You are you are you are right. What you say that they that they are more they can be more passive in their their expressions and you know that they don't move and that that actually fits very well in it, but it didn't feel natural enough. It like it felt like it was like somehow struggling to tell that drama side of it, and it I I feel like it wasn't good editing in that. It, there was something uh-huh. something that something that lacked in it and oh. it it wasn't uh, it didn't nail it you know it, there was yeah. something that like felt off and and that was uh, i think the my criticism of it 
that. I I um, still talk about this um, the way he draw draws. Mm-hmm. It's can you imagine that this this uh, hero, mm-hmm. his nose and his mouth and all this. It's very not real realistic. They. It's kind of animated realistic that it looks like a person and he has a mouth and everything, but it doesn't look like you remember this Aki, uh, um, not Aki, uh, this Foreman, Ari Foreman. Mm-hmm. What was his name? Foreman, Ari Foreman, yeah. who made this Walsh uh, Bashir yeah. when he drew it. Those were realistic looking people and they behaved realistic all the time and everything. These are very stylish, styled nose and mm. mouth and the eyes and everything, what the Miyazaki makes. Yeah. They're very different from Ari Foreman. Yeah, it's true. So that's not what you said about, the, you talk about something else. The car, this uh, was inside. I, I, I'm not story. talking. Yeah, I'm not talking I'm about talk- the way way he I'm was drawing it. I'm talking about the way he's drawing. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I was just talking about. Um... So also the defects. I, I'm insisting that it defects to do the story in a way, this way of drawing. Yeah, but I wasn't talking about uh, the way of drawing. But I was talking uh, yeah. about the story. The the. Um... The quality of the storytelling, the the editing of the movie itself, because you were saying that yeah. it was a perfect movie in your opinion, mm. but uh, I kind of for saw him, for Miyazaki it was kind. Of, it's um, his perfect film, I think. Did you see any and... kind of other like uh, criticism in it? This I I'm not. Um able to th- to say about the inside the story of it really i i would have to see it few times before i could maybe go into that on the first time i seen it once so i took it as it is very moving story but the the way he draws <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> I go into this way of drawing because you see a realistic animation and it's drawn stylized. stylized. Mm-hmm. It's not realistic, but it's a realistic film, but it's not a realistic drawing. But in a way, it's realistic drawing because it's a, it has all the stuff in it. But Crave of the Fireflies wasn't realistic either. It was but a very right. similar style. Yeah, but I like this wind rises also. I. But the crave of the fireflies. I don't need realistic. Really. Yeah, but what's your point? What are you trying to say? I don't need. I don't. I don't need the realistic. I I like the way it's done. These fireflies, and I like the way the wind rises is but, drawn. But I like that his nose is stylized with two lines, and that's it. It's it's not realistic nose or eyes. But, but that's what I but that's what I mean is that like for about that I mean is that I I don't think the movie needs to like be more realistic, but that in the way because it Hayao Miyazaki wants to tell a real story, mm. 
like the characters are animated and they <laughs> yes. are caricatures, but the, but it's a real story about a man. It's it's it it wants to be that. It's it's a it's a like you if you compare this to other Miyazaki's movies, it's much more realistic. It's about yeah. real life. It's about reality. It's not about a fantasy historic, you know, fantasy land. It's not Totoro. There's not like or not Totoro, but like. Um, house moving castle or something that is like a different mm. universe or something it's our own history and it's about the real person that existed and it's a historical trauma and it really follows through his life how and it's mm. and it's obsessive in its like way to this you know describes the the airplanes and how he engineered them and everything he doesn't yeah. want to make them magical or anything he wants no. to show like it's like a nerd movie, you know, about airplanes. It's like, yeah. this is the way it was done. And he's like, the way he paint, uh, draws and animates the airplanes is really... He wants to show the the beauty of that uh, realism, that how, how they flew and how, how they moved. Yeah. So yeah, they were very he wants ener to be, energetic. He and wants moved. to be in rea realism, you know. Mm. So even if you didn't like, if you don't see that, you don't need that in the movie, I think the movie had realism. yeah yeah and <laughs> like but you know what i really liked yeah i well, one of the one of the best things i really like you like the noses of the characters one of no, the no things... no i i don't <laughs> care about it <laughs> but i like really a lot about the sound effects did you know this like every moment like there's so many moments in the film, and especially <laughs> the aeroplanes. Whenever yeah. aer airplanes are like, the motors are starting, or they are moving, or something else is happening with the air, everything. All the sound effects are made by human voices. Did you yeah, notice yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that I heard. And, yeah, and that I was heard. amazing. That was that was maybe the most entertaining that I had about the movie was that to just see how how kind of mechanism you know and, and mechanics and technology just kind of becomes this um, organic you know element and it's yeah. even though it's very realistic in some mm -hmm. sense like the 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 airplanes that and and everything about them he he kind of wants to create some kind of magical element out of them and some of yeah. the how they moved and how they how the mothers behaved and so sometimes it was a little bit exaggerated it wasn't uh, it was like a element of disney cartoon like it stretched or it was like more than i think of how it really is and i really loved that and you know like i it was something that i read recently about uh, gozo miyazaki or Goro mm. Miyazaki, or what was his name? Goro. Goro Miyazaki, uh, the son of Hayao Miyazaki, who directed now two movies. The... He was in the documentary too. Yeah, it was very interesting. I really, all these little moments were really, really fascinating, and he, um, he he directed the the Tales from the Earth Sea, which yeah. was so far the worst Kipling movie I saw mm. and really a disappointment first time I ever disappointed and I'm really sorry for Koro about that that I don't I don't blame him about it and that you know and 
And then he did the up on Bobby Hill. Mm. Did you have you seen it? No. It's, but I, I want to see. But yeah. it's a really, really cool movie, and mm. it's also a historical movie, and it's actually written by Hayao Miyazaki, but it's made by mm. Goro, and it's about this house where the students gather and they make like a club inside the house, and the inside the house they start they have all kind of levels and they start to have to organize all kind of like study like activism you know about their local things and in the end it's a lot about the house and that they try to keep that house alive and everything and he said uh, in, he said i read this um story about goro like kind of investigating the the house mm. the material for the movie and he discovered that he wanted to make it very real the house mm. and every, all the things that are happening but then he kind of came to the conclusion that it will be a, like a real life is very boring and it's very dull and it's very passive and everything and that he he thought that it was a lot more better way to tell the story and to to tell a story about that house is to exaggerate it and to kind of made it look out as how the characters are seeing it so in the movie when you see it it's in reality, it, it was like a, you know, a normal house where not, you know, that much amazing, you know, it's not that amazing. But in the animated film of by the Kipley studio, it's like full of life and everybody's running here and there. And it's like a circus or something. And it's like, it's, it's like full of this imagination and creativity and, and magic, magical elements, the whole house. And... To, that to me was a lot about like how Kipli works and how they do like how Hayao Miyazaki does a lot of his films I think he like in Wind Rises I think all of this you know he just exaggerates a little bit and makes it a little bit more magical the, rea the reality itself in the same sense ah that's what you think that's how you explain it because what I was trying to say about this drawing <laughs> is that I haven't got it yet out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when when he drawed a uh, Totoro mm -hmm. or any other, but let's say Totoro. Mm -hmm. So his style of drawing is perfect for that. For mm -hmm. Totoro, it's. Kind of, in, it has real people there, and also the the uh, fairy tale thing, and it all fits together, mm. perfect. So, but now this we don't have fairy tale things here, in these wind rises. Yeah, except in the we, dream sequences and where the dream sequences and like, I think though it, they were a little bit fantasy like. And yeah, so it's kind of a history yeah. story, but still drawn in a Totoro way. That's yeah, what that's I true. wanted to tell about the nose. I didn't know how to say it. But and also I... like the the way they're like how the how the for example the the jacket, mm. you know. Like in your yeah. drawing, also the jacket, it's kind of very goofy and a lot of round shapes in it and everything. And 
it's there is this naiveness about this softness and this yeah childish. it's kind of a naiveness that's mm. the word now you got it and you said it mm. and i got it the naiveness it's kind of drawn this wind rises the same naivety mm. of animation which is wonderful it's wonderful totoro is in every frame it you can enjoy it Kind mm. of can stop on every little thing and enjoy it again and again and again. You never tire of it. Mm. So now he does it with these wind rises, with the historical story, the mm. real people who don't look real at all. Mm. Even if it's an earthquake and people are dying and all kinds of catastrophes, they don't look real. No. They look in a this fairy tale style. Yeah. And that's that's his secret. I think that that's when he gave out himself as a complete person and it's most daring thing to do and I recommend it for him. I admire him for that. That's what I admire. That yeah. he made those nose and things like that. I admire <laughs> it. It's yeah. um, it's it's a kind of a totoro which is a historical thing. Yeah. Totoro made historical. <laughs> funny, no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he has so much for sure Miyazaki, it's an old man, 70 years old or so, and mm -hmm. he has a lot on his back, uh, mm -hmm. a heavy load. People are always waiting from him certain thing. A new thing, but certain. They know the way he draws, but he decides what's inside, what's the story. Yeah. And now he gave out something of his own real insights. It's like artist does. Yeah, and I was really surprised how open he was about it. Like the document, the documentary, like. In the end, it could have, you know, at first it could have been like a, a documentary to kind of marketize the the movie, you know, mm. to to create create more of a talk and you know to to make people want to see the wind rises again and to kind of you know bring attention to Studio Ghibli and everything. Yeah. But he's. <laughs> <laughs> he's really not selling anything. And he's... No, he's not. It's, it's <laughs> just the way they talk, work there and the way life there. And mm -hmm. he, he let this this um, um, woman, was it woman, because called Mami Sunada, this person mm -hmm. who, Mami Sunada, is made the documentary. Yeah. So I thought it must be a woman, no? Yeah, it was, but it you you could see it in the documentary. Ah, he, she she, she brought there. herself a lot into the documentary. She was talking out ah, she was, yeah, she was behind talking. the camera, and he was walking with the camera, and it, you could always hear her, and she was very present in she the documentary. She um, apparently she she got a good contact with Miyazaki and was allowed to come there and do it. And she yeah. did it the way he wanted to be done and she wanted to be done. Just just to 
normal work, what they do there. Mm-hmm. It's not advertising like you said, no nothing, just, and that was wonderful. Really. Yeah, exactly. And also that they didn't show the Ita, Ita, Takahata, and, and, and they, he was just met on the roof. So, also that, because that's real. Yeah. And I think like, because also I was really a little bit disappointed in the documentary that I didn't see any of the artists who worked on the films, you know, like we we talked to them a little bit, but we really are not really, you know, observing the studio that much. It's really about Haya Miyazaki and it's... Yeah, but there was one, one part. Where he, where I saw these uh, people working. Yeah, but it was the earthquake, and the other one said to the other one that look, the head is not bobbing that way up and down, and it is not natural when he walks. It's yeah. and uh, it there... taught me a lot. It in that little piece there already mm. taught me a lot. Yeah, but like, and there was a lot of these kind of little moments, and I was like. My eyes were always popping whenever I would get mm. that one second of a moment to actually see the creativity of the studio. But then it just goes back into nothing, you know. He's just... The director is shooting absolute rubbish compared to what what kind of materials he has, you know, to, to show. Yeah, which is what so. most people, I, I would imagine would like to see in the documentary like she she really um i think misses a lot of opportunities to to do what what she could see but my point was that mm. that's what, how i felt when i was watching the movie but you know in the end i think it really explains a lot about the studio that yes maybe yes, I... maybe the reason why we didn't get to see the creativity of the other artists and other people mm. uh, and why we got to see so few of Ayatakahata, Takahata was because they have always really been, you know, um, uh, in the shadows of the spotlight and they don't yeah. want to talk about it and they don't want to be in the center of, of, of an interview. Mm-hmm. I think that's why Takahata really isn't in the documentary because he doesn't want to be in it. He doesn't I want think... to. Yeah, I ah. think it's not because they just you know don't want to show him. No, the whole drama was just so stupid. You know, it was like just listening. Like it, uh, it was so. It was for me nothing. You know, it's it's just something on the surface because it goes so back and forth and everything and I really think that Takahata just wants to be by himself and just you know doesn't want to explain you know and you know be in front of a camera and the reason why we see all, all the time Haya Miyazaki is because he does want to be in front of the camera yeah, he, he does want to talk about to the, that's why it was about him it was mm. because so in the beginning I despised him for that when I first time when I mm. said I despised him for that but on the second time I didn't I, yeah. I realized <laughs> that that's okay I like it yeah <laughs> and then there was this um, a cat yeah, there was a cat. 
The cat and I think the cat was good. <laughs> the cat without the tail. Yeah. And that is lying there. And I that's it kind of a symbol of that whole uh, life of theirs. These animations. Yeah. This cat. He and the strange thing was that he he the cat didn't go into the studio. He knew that that's not the place to go. They said yeah. it. He was yeah. there looking at it, but he's experienced that not to go there to mix up. He, he can mix up in the drawings. And mm. It's serious work. <laughs> yeah. But it's a wonderful actor, that cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Don't you think so? Yeah, I like the cat, of course. It was really nice. But yeah. is he... Living there all day long, that's what I was wondering. We didn't yeah. get to realize the who is feeding him in the night. Maybe uh, no one. Letting is. him out. and Maybe no. Maybe he just has food and a toilet. And he something. doesn't go to studio in the night either. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> they... <laughs> and mostly in the roof he was. We need a Kibli studio about that cat. We did a story with a movie about that cat inside the studio. Yeah, maybe he was the model for in the cats of all the films. But it was also interesting when they talked about this Kiki, Kiki service film. Ah, yeah. What they, what they say about it? They explained about that much. And um, he himself, he they all like that one very much. Ah, they talked about why the cat didn't talk uh, why the cat couldn't talk in the end that was mm. the thing and that explains also a lot about the wind rises and the movies that people seem to have have a lot of trouble in understanding Miyazaki's movies and it was the first time for me to to see it was really important for me to the first time to see actually that inside the studio they actually also don't understand his movies always they, they yeah, are baffled no. about yeah. what does they mean and because I have had this feeling <laughs> in the back of my head for a long time and I see his movies and I don't really understand why yeah, he this, makes this and that of, and what, what does it this is absurd spirited away yeah yeah exactly it's so absurd movie like what <laughs> and that for me was really really cool thing to see the documentary and I think it's hard also on Miyazaki himself, a little bit, maybe. It was amazing to see this man whom they took as the voice of Yiro. Uh, they talk about him a lot and in the interview he was also there. So anyway, the way they chose the actor and they took this um, this man and it was really wonderful to hear him talking as himself, and it was the voice of Hero. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> act or anything. A surprise. Yeah, it was so really... So surprised yeah. that you can't connect it when you don't know, when you don't see, but when you see, you connect. So strange. Yeah. So, and, do, yeah, yeah, and like... And it was really fun to see the whole process of how they chose the actor in the mm. meetings and that how they kind of came into it. And for me, the whole 
it it was really I recognize it already in the movie as being one of the really weird moments for me because one of the first things that was weird for, of course like is that the character actually grows up which you don't <laughs> see in Miyazaki movies you don't see yeah. them adults they are young adults or some yeah. mostly but not so many that are actually over 20 years old and that is an adult person mm. and then his voice is is broken and adult you know it's not a child's voice so it was yeah. weird it was so weird for me mm. to to see that do do you remember this uh, this um <clears throat> the musician this joy hisaishi or what yeah. is his name yeah, so he was also the, very little in the documentary. He was very little, and they said what they said about him. They all agreed, like uh, he's he's not nice person. They didn't like him. Ah, they didn't like they, him. Yeah, they hate him. <laughs> they hate him somehow, or, or he's troublesome person. He's not easy or something. Mm. But I got the impression that they all hate him. They all agreed on that. Funny. So anyway, his music in all the films. I remember that he has been his name in all the animations uh, mm. of his Ghibli. So, so I I think they are wonderful, no? Mm. Yeah. So is I see. Yeah, I love him. He's one of my favorite composers. Is and he I'm, really? Uh, yeah. Also, like his work in in for Ghibli Studio movies, like for Miyazaki, but also for the other Japanese uh, director called um... <laughs> I forgot his name. The the person who made uh, Hana B. Takasimike. And... No, not Takasimike. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. It's the, um, uh, the director of Hana B. It's so Takeshi Kitano. Takeshi Kitano. Yeah. Ah, who is also yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is also one of my favorite Japanese directors. He his eyes he made um, almost like all maybe all of his movies like all the most recognizable music scores he made for Kitano's movies and it kind of yeah I love them. So, do you know something nice? I mm. want to tell you that. I have now uh, borrowed from the library a CD mm-hmm. of uh, of uh, this film, mm-hmm. uh, mu- the music from this film, and I put it. To, I wanted to hear it because I love it so much. Uh, from so, the Witrices. No, no, no. From, from Taka. It's from this Taka. Ah, um, Kakua. Kakia. Kakua. No, no. What you said, just what was his name? Cho Hisaisi? Yeah, yeah, so Kitano. Yeah? The Kikuira Same! <laughs> Kikuira Same! So I took that <laughs> and I put it on. I want to hear that music again because I like. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I want to hear it and it goes on and on and on and on, <laughs> half an hour, you know? And so. So suddenly I see, oh, Joe Hisaishi has done it. Ah, it was a surprise. 
Yes. So, so suddenly it opened up for me like the world. So he has done the music for all that. Yeah, that's what I was. Dun, 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 dun. So, so happy. Yeah, exactly. So happy. So I am listening to it all the time. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I realized the nicest movie ever mm-hmm. is Kikuiras Sang. <laughs> it has everything in it. <laughs> everything it in it. Yeah. You love it too, yeah? Mm-hmm. It's so nice. It's it's uh, it's everything in it. Yeah, it's so I it's I really get just thinking about it it gets me so happy feelings. It's happy, yeah. Yeah, isn't it? Just a warm such a warm movie. Like yeah, I I just love how warm. most of the film is just them playing around and mm. the the story doesn't go for like the main story kind of goes off in between and then it's just playing around and yeah, they just yeah, have and fun and, dum, ba, dum, bum, and bum, it's full bum. of these little fun moments like it's kind of like um, I feel like there is this you know Jack Tati the French yes. person it's like mm-hmm. there's this element of play playing around with, with, with things you know like there's just yeah. scenes where they just have fun and yeah. it's really, really nice. I I love that. And yeah. So it it gives me the feeling exactly like when you have a stormy, rainy day, a cold day, and mm. you come home and you have a warm, a, a hot glass of juice. You know, juice. This very juice, hot. Mm, and yeah. it makes you a warm feeling here in the in the breast. Yeah. That's Kikuiro's summer. Yeah. And this music. And that's Joey Hisaishi who has who's do working for Hayamiyazaki also. Mm. And for everybody. And they hate him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would like to see him what is so hateful about him. Is he so difficult? How can yeah. he make such a lovely music if he's, he, he's, yeah. Yeah, so one more thing about Kikuirust Summer, summer mm-hmm. is that when I went to visit uh, <coughs> on my work, mm-hmm. on my work I went to visit Stockholm for mm-hmm. one week. I went to the Hörtorget and you disappeared. <laughs> okay. Wait a minute. Yeah. The internet is slacking, or there's uh, I I forgot to put the internet on. Uh, so uh, wait f- for a minute, so I can put this on <laughs> here. This is very paranoid, critical. <laughs> okay, now I can get the. Other people are also using internet here, mm. so now okay, it should have like yeah. better connection. So I went for one week some years ago to Stockholm for my work, and I went to Hertoriet, which is a lovely place in middle of Stockholm, and there was a, a market. Yeah. And the first thing I see in the market is a DVD of Kikuira Summer. 
an old one. They sold old DVDs. Wow. And I bought it immediately. Great. And I brought, bought it home and I gave it to you. Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. That's where I got it from. Yes. <laughs> That's where you got it from. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, why because it's I was... Swedish. It's mostly Swedish because yeah. it was in Swedish, bought in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Joey, he says she brought all this like flooding on me. Mm. He's, in the wind rises he also made the music yeah it was beautiful soundtrack so I'm sure he appreciates um, Miyazaki appreciates him a lot even mm. if he's uh, hateful or whatever mm. so uh, is there anything else you want to say um, I think we kind of gathered through the whole film so no, far no we didn't we didn't no? No, no, we didn't, because I have one very interesting thing to say. Yeah? At least for me, this was uh, life-changing. Yeah. This film changed my life. <laughs> so, can you imagine that uh, after say, talking about Princess Kaguya and Itataka and everything, I'm owing part of my life to Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah? So... I have to thank him also if I go to Japan. So, anyway, so he was talking in this interview, which I recommend to you in eight, 80 minutes of interview. He said there that um, <clears throat> he's been reading all his life, or not all his life, but in the, some years, but probably. He has a friend who has written, or a friend or somebody who he knows, has written um, uh, essay, mm-hmm. essay, an essay of um, the preacher. Yeah. The preacher's book in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. So that's in the old Bible. You know, in the old Bible you have, uh, it's called Tanakh. The old Bible is called Tanakh. It means Tet. It's three letters in Hebrew, like Tanakh, Tet, Nun, and Het, Tanakh. So that comes the word Tanakh. And that's a, it's the Bible in Hebrew. So you have in Tet, you have Torah, Nun, you have Nevim, and Het, you have Ketubim. Ketubim means the writings. Ketubim, Ketubim. It's a word means writings. Mm. And in these writings, you have one book, called the preacher's book hmm. and in that book it's very very famous all over the world everybody is uh, is uh, uh, taking parts from it because it says that everything is waste it's uh, wasting 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 everything is it's nothing is uh, to be done no nothing hmm. and and it also says that uh, there is time to sow and time to grow and time to do and time to... You know, it's all those famous sayings. Mm. They come from the preacher's book. Mm. So this man, the friend of Hayao Miyazaki in Japan, has <laughs> written an essay about that book. It's uh, why everything is in... Uh, Turhuksien turhus. How do you say it in English? 
Kaikki on turhuutta. Turhuuksien turhuus. Mikään ei kannata. Kaikki on turhuutta. The pointless of pointlessness of... Everything is pointless and... Yeah. And, and there is a time to do this and time to do that. And for everything there is a time. And a lot of uh, very, very intelligent, clever sayings like that. It's, it's a short book full of that. Mm. So anyway, Hayao Miyazaki read, reads that again and again and again in his life. His, this essay of his friend. Mm. He says that that's he, what he likes. And there he, he read this, Tee voimiasi mukaan mitä tehtävissä on. And he took that for his life. Can you say it in English? It's uh, do with your abilities what there is to be done. But that, that's my translation, which can be, I don't know if it's right, because it's very uh, exact, you know, these words are very exact. It mm. doesn't mean that uh, you don't have to do more than what you can, mm. or something. Do with your abilities what there has to be done, and yeah. that's what Hiro does in that in that animation. He fulfills this idea of Miyazaki uh, about making the aeroplanes because he can do the aeroplanes and it's needed. It's what there is to be done. Like, mitään tehtävissä on. When he said, he said it in one sentence there in that interview, and I, I was amazed to hear it. Because that's what it is. That's it. Of course, in life you have to do what there is to be done. And you don't give up. Even everything is pointless and pointless and pointless, and there is a time for this and time for that and whatever. But do with your abilities. You have your abilities, mm. and you do what he, Miyazaki's abilities are, are those what he has done. Mm. And so he, he re- revealed all, also that in the interview. This, this Hayao Miyazaki is a person who is, is very strong person because he can be so open. Yeah. Well. Also that he cried and so on, all kinds of things. And then and that I, I feel that this is the ultimate film for him for honestness. And that's he has reached not to cover himself behind anything. Yeah. I that's, agree. That's what this film is all about. And then the story about it. The story is a story. There's something with that story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, was it clear what, what I said? No, oh, it was very clear. I think it was, ah, it was wonderful what you said. Ah, you think it was clear? Yeah. Because it's it's uh, it can be understood in the wrong way also that uh, like. do with your abilities what there's to be done. Like what way? Like uh, take it easy and don't do much or something. <laughs> <laughs> do with your ability. You can decide. Okay, my abilities uh, are not more than this. I don't do more. Uh, but no, you have to take it seriously and do exactly uh, with your abilities. Find your abilities and do. Find in society, mm. in your life, what is to be done and do it with your abilities. Mm. 
your part. I, I always felt like that. When I heard it, I felt that, okay, that's what I've been doing in my life. It kind of answered my thoughts, which I hadn't even realized. I even wrote it. I have my my book here, which I write all those films. Mm-hmm. And I have written The Wind Rises and gave five stars. Yeah. And uh, I have written here, which normally I don't write anything, but this I wrote here. This do with your... Ah. Do with your abilities what there is to be done. Mm. So I wrote. And also, to Wind Rises I gave five stars. But how many stars did I give to the the Kingdom of uh, Dreams and Madness? Yeah. Four. <laughs> what was that one point missing? The missing was uh, my idol Ita Takata. <laughs> <laughs> I would give in the end, I would give for Wind Rises, I would give um, 9 out of 10. And, uh-huh. and the documentary, I would give, I think, 7 out of 10, I think. It was, it was very valuable documentary. But the, um, it was a little bit poorly done, I think. I I, th- I didn't think it was uh, as a documentary. Like technically, it it didn't. Uh, I didn't like it so much. I huh? I was like a little bit disappointed of the the quality of it. But what do you think? We should give it a chance. When you think. If we would go to Japan mm-hmm. and stay there a few years and be Japanese mm-hmm. way of life and then look at that document, we would maybe see different because no, it was done very Japanese. No, but I know that. That's not the point that I'm making. Like I know, I know Japanese movies and of course I haven't been there, but I do know, you know, like... I can I can I've come to expect certain Japanese way of behaving and I don't I'm not criticizing the way that it's because it's Japanese mm. I'm just criticizing the the technical part of the documentary I think it was the the way it was directed it wasn't uh, that well I think it was a like- good documentary I think uh-huh. I learned a lot from it. I, I I think that the way they were giggling and laughing a lot, I loved it. Yeah, and I agree. Like that's, I I'm not saying that all the people and all the stuff there was not like. It's really valuable what the documentary gives, but the 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 real life inside the documentary and behind this is extremely interesting and fascinating and I really uh, did um, I was really interested in it and it's really a, uh, it's a companion to the Wind Rises I, if, if you anybody is going to see Wind Rises I think you should see Kingdom of Dream and Madness I think they go along together and yeah. uh, 
and the other way around. If somebody sees the documentary, should see the animation, the movie. Yeah. But I just think like the documentary wasn't really that good. <laughs> and I, I could, and I could talk about it, but we don't really have time. We yeah, yeah we know, don't have because we... one was one more thing was that that the house of Miyazaki, the home. Yeah. This uh, wooden thing inside and the room, it was not looking like a home. It's it, That was strange for me and I was wondering how, is that really part of his I was, I house? think, I think many things about his house and his life. It was, um, you know, they were, like they just showed a little glimpse of it, but most of it was kept, you know, yeah. hidden. And like yeah. his wife, for example, mm. it was kept very yeah. much not you know i think it was very deliberate choice to hide you know that part of his life to not put it public maybe because his wife didn't like it or something Mm -hmm. and because it's a lot of personal so they 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 did came inside their house but they they stayed in a very kind of a public area of the house and they didn't you know, he didn't start because it, mm. the whole point of the documentary is not for him to just go around his house and so like here's our bedroom and here's our thing and this is how we live. Everything it was really about him and his career and his work and his creativity and his ideas and his personality and everything. But that's not part of the house, you know. It's a. I understand that, but this studio was so beautiful with the plants around and the tower kind of and the windows everything very nicely architect uh, you could see it mm. but the house was very strange inside the room which they showed us it didn't look like uh, any very strange mm. it gave, gave me a lot of questions yeah it, it's true I don't want to see his bedroom and guitar. I don't care about it. But that room was strange. So anyway, in the interview, Miyazaki said that he 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 is going to make another film. He didn't. He says that he didn't finish. What? He said in the interview that he's going to make a new film. He already wants to do a new film. So all this talk about that it's not, it was the last, it's not. I already wants to make a new film. That's what he said. That's really, that's that's the whole thing that I always think about retirement and everything is that I I kind of hate it in the end how much the pressure they put, like how much of a, of a, circus they make the whole retirement to be like Miyazaki needs a, a movie The Wind Rises and he needs a documentary to explain that he's retiring <laughs> to kind of you know to complete his career and open yeah. up and to sacrifice a lot about himself into this movie because he's retiring because he's stepping off from it uh, just to say that he will do another film it kind of destroys for me the whole thing. It was the same thing as in as when Clint Eastwood uh, did yeah. his last uh, yeah. supposed last uh, acting in uh, Gran Torino, and it was yeah. such a beautiful symbol that he left with the car, like gave the car to the young generation, and, and you know, left the scene and died, and that. 
and it was like kind of you know it it should have been like that that was Clint Eastwood character stepping off but then he just kept doing it and it destroyed that image I I really get sick sick of this uh, artist you know saying that they don't have to and, believe them they, make, they never make, stop yeah but they're it for me it kind of comes between them you know you can it's they make beautiful art pieces that then don't hold up yeah but we are Finnish people we are from Finland and we are very honest so we can't stand such dishonesty (laughs) but we don't have to believe them they are like Woody Allen they do it forever just be straightforward (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) okay thank you very much it was nice to talk about this yeah so I think like it's a good time a lot of interesting uh, things yeah I think it's a good time to end the podcast to this okay yeah like see you next time yeah Yeah. and thank you for thank the people there for patience (laughs) (laughs) who who people the ones who are there (laughs) okay who were waiting all this time okay 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 thank you bye 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 bye